This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can find your seats. All right. I don't have to ask it because I already know it. You guys are glad to be in the house of the Lord today. I can tell it. I can tell it. I can tell it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Karen, it's good to see you back in church. Amen. Hey, guys, if you can start my timer when I start preaching, please. Joshua. Start my timer when I start preaching now, okay, boys? You already took two, of my, you took two minutes from me already. <laughs> Wait just a minute. Turn that timer off. All right. Now everybody's going to be looking at the timers. How much longer we got to do this today? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, hey, um, something I'm excited about. We've always known that God has called us to the nations, and, 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 we, and we had a prophetic word that we're going to raise people up and send them to the nations, which we're doing that. But recently, the Lord's been putting it in my heart that he's going to bring the nations here. And, and I've been hearing that strong, that the nations are going to come here, and we're still going to do the equipping, the raising up, still to be sent out to the nations. Amen? But uh, in that, uh, about... I've been praying about this for like three months, and two weeks ago, I felt the Lord say, Brian, I want you to do this now. In fact, you've been procrastinating too long. I really felt the Lord say, why isn't this done what I put in your heart months ago? This, and I, I thought it was going to cost like $4,200 to do it, but um, um, it ended up that it was a lot cheaper than that. But guys, we got a transmitter that can do two channels. To where we can have up to 60 people with earbuds in their ear because we have a huge Hispanic and Spanish-speaking audience that wants to hear the word and wants to come to Church on the Rock, and they do their very best because they want to be here. Uh, look right back there. We're going to start seeing more of these where we're going to start translating the services in different languages. So I am very, 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 very excited about that. Um, Sylvia, stand up. Come here, Sylvia. I really feel this. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for where the Lord guides, he provides. And you provided Sylvia to do translation, interpretation, interpretation. And not translation, interpretation. Lord, we thank you. You have called her. And Lord, that she's going to flow. It, like the song said, there's one spirit, one baptism, one Holy Spirit. She's going to flow with me just like you and I flow. We're all three going to flow together. And she's going to be able to do this for you. Lord, we thank you for your anointing on that in Jesus' name. So we ordered them this week. The earbuds came in, but the transmitter did not. So it's on back order. Everybody say, release the transmitter. Release say, release the transmitter now. 
<laughs> Release that transmitter. Oh my gosh, they're scaring us to death today. Get the children out of the house. All right, release that transmitter. Amen. Hey, I'm believing we're going to have... Joseph, what's the main language of Indian-speaking people? Hindi? Well, uh, I'm believing we're going to have, uh, have it in Hindi as well in our church. So I want you all to agree with me on that. You know, the scripture says, you guys stole three minutes from me, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. That, that means to be ardent, eager, enthusiastic, intense, on fire and burning, serving the Lord. You know, summer can really get you out of rhythm, out of your, your out of the, 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 out of like that flow that you get in when you're walking with God and that faith walk. But sometimes at the end of summer, you got to dial in again and you got to re, re, you got to refocus and, and, and get settled again into kids getting to school and getting into a rhythm. You know, even in the Jewish calendar, there starts this week or, or this month where they're preparing for the new year. So they're like refocusing and they're like getting ready for a new year. And, and in fact, this month we're supposed to say, uh, the Jewish people are saying to each other, be inscribed as we be inscribed as you walk in the favor and blessing of the Lord this next year or something like that. They're to say that every day. So, so let's kind of hit the reset button, get dialed back in. And as, as the scripture says in NLT, let's don't be lazy, but let's work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. New King James Version says it like this. Let's not be lacking in diligence, but let's be fervent in spirit in our heart towards serving the Lord. And then the Message Bible says that scripture this way, Romans 12, 11. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master and be cheerfully expectant in your service. So the word says never be lacking in zeal. And I, when I see that, I'm like, are you serious? You, you mean we can never be lacking in passion or zeal for the Lord? How long have you been doing this, Brian? Well, actually, 30 years. And I believe that there is. I, yes, I do believe that there is a way to never be lacking in zeal. I'm not saying that you'll never have times where you're in a valley or going through a trouble or a challenge or a hard time, but you can meet that challenge enthusiastically. You can meet those challenges knowing the God in whom we serve, amen? So, so if God says never be lacking in zeal, how many believes that he will prepare a way for us to do that, amen? Because he wouldn't ask us if he, if he, if he wasn't going to prepare a way for us. So never be lacking in zeal. I preached on it last week, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord this week with a, everybody say, practicing prayer life. If you want to get dialed in and you want to get focused and you want to get in tune, if you want, if you hear the Lord saying, hey, come, uh, you, come here a little deeper, you're going to hear that first thing, prayer life, that communication. The scripture says this in James chapter five, are any of you, are any of you suffering a hardship? Are any of you suffering a hardship or a challenge? Anybody here suffering a hardship or a challenge? The Bible says you should pray. Are any of you happy today? Is anybody happy in the house? Hey Amen. I'm, I'm really happy today. Okay, if you're happy, you should be praising the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Amen. Are, are, are any of you sick today? 
Is anybody sick today? Physically, emotionally? Is anybody sick today? Then you should, the scripture says, call the elders of the church to come and pray for you. And they'll anoint you in the name of Jesus. And they'll offer a prayer and the the sick will be healed and the Lord will make you well. We're going to do that at the end of service today. You'll have a chance to come forward. Is anybody sick today? Anybody sick today? You can be healed as we pray. And then it says, have any of you committed any sins? Has anybody committed any sins? Has anybody fallen short this week? Has anybody fallen short today? Has anybody fallen short since you got in church? All right? You will be forgiven. Amen. You will be you will be forgiven. Again, he's talking about prayer. And then it says you should confess your sins to each other. You know, it's important to be open and transparent with each other. You know, the other day I was open and transparent with our church council about some stuff, and I was immediately just had a peace come over me. And when I left, one of the council people said, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And I never realized that sometimes sharing your heart and being transparent with people that you might be going through a struggle or a trial or a hardship, that that is getting it out and you overcome by doing that. Is anybody out there say amen? amen. You overcome by doing that. And, and, then, uh, and then it says, the earnest, effective, heartfelt, or fervent, and persistent prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And then it says this, Elijah was a human as we are. Are we all humans today? He then says, Elijah, he talks about Elijah was a human as we are. And yet when he prayed fervently and earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then he prayed again and the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its fruit. Elijah was a human. I I really, that really jumped off the pages Because sometimes we look at these guys, and the first thing we want to do is say, well, he was a prophet. Well, you're a pastor. Josh is a pastor. That's why he does that. This is a person that's called of God as an evangelist. That's why he does that. No. God said Elijah was a human just like you are. And brothers and sisters, I want that to resonate in your spirit today. That the examples that I'm going to say is that God, this example isn't for just me or for somebody that's in vocational ministry. This example is for every person here that's alive and breathing that calls yourself a human being. This word is for you. Amen. Amen. There's four stories. There's four stories that we're going to look at with Elijah as we look at how he was powerful in prayer. One of the stories is going to be his word to King Ahab where he said, it's not going to rain. The next one's going to be where he was at a widow's house. The next one's going to be a contest at Mount Carmel. And the next one's going to be, here comes the rain, baby. Here comes the rain. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word that penetrates hearts. We thank you for your word that transforms hearts. We thank you that we want to be with you, Jesus, and that we want to become like you by hearing your word. And we want to leave here doing what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. 
There's three elements of powerful and effective prayer. Number one is the boldness of Elijah. Notice it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Everybody say righteous. If you look that up, righteous, it gives you to a cross-reference. It says the righteous are as bold as lions. So when you're in right standing, how many is in right standing with God through our Lord Jesus Christ? When you are in right standing with God, everybody say, that makes me bold. Hey, guys, listen, the first thing God wants to say today, turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to make you bold. Seriously, mean it. Look look at your neighbor. Come on, say it again. God wants to make you bold. Amen. Say it again. God wants to make you bold. Now say it like this. God wants to make me bold. God wants to make me bold today. Now give the Lord a hand clap. Praise the Lord. When I began reading these stories, I was like, wow, look at the boldness of Elijah. When he heard the word of the Lord, man, his boldness blows my mind. The first thing he said, no rain, 1 Kings 17, 1. Now Elijah, who was a Tishbe in Gilead, told the king Ahab, as surely as the Lord God of Israel lives, the God that I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until... I give the word for it to happen. Guys, that's some boldness right there. In other words, he was saying he told the king of a nation, it won't rain until I tell you it'll, re- it'll rain. It would be like a prophet going up to Mr. Trump and saying, Mr. Trump, it won't rain until I say it's going to rain. How many would be like, really? Really? Or you could be like the mainstream media and you would do this. President Trump met with the Russian today and the Russian said with, with President Trump that America will not have rain until the wall is built because this man's unfit for office. That's what the mainstream media do with it. But anyway, uh, the boldness, the boldness that Elijah had. And then he said, he asked a poor widow who had one meal left that she was going to eat a meal and then she was going to die with her son. He said, hey, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do what you've said. And he asked him for a drink. But then he said, but make a little bread for me first. Thought that was kind of different. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for you and yourself. And if you look a little further, because he was bold and he looked at that woman and he said, listen, your flour and your oil is not going to run out. How many say bold? Bold. Then the poor widow's got, son got sick in, in 179. He got 1719. He got sicker and sicker and sick, sicker. And finally, Elijah took him. And basically what he said is, give me your dead son. I'll be back in a minute. Somebody say bold. Is that bold? Give me your dead son. I'll be back in a minute. That's bold. Elijah was a human just like you are. Are you hearing me today? God wants us to be, everybody say bold. Bold. Elijah was a human just like we are. He wants you to be what? Bold. 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 Wow, look how bold he was in talking to the king. Behold, he, he, uh, down a little bit further in that, uh, uh, I think it's chapter 18, but he said, tell the king, and this was after years later, tell the king, behold, Elijah comes. And not only am I coming, you get your carcass up out of where you're at and come meet me here. Bold. 
And then the king said, Elijah, you're nothing but a troublemaker to Israel. And I got, when I read that, I was like, we need more troublemakers in the church. Somebody say amen. We need some more troublemakers in the church. But look at the boldness of Elijah. He, of Elijah said, hey, I've made no trouble for Israel. You and your family are the troublemakers, king. You've rece- refused to obey the commandments of the Lord and worship the images of Baal. Now, do this. Summon all Israel. Join me up at Mount Carmel and get your 450 prophets of Baal. Get your 400 prophets of Asera who are supported by Jezebel. And get yourselves up on Mount Carmel and we'll just see who's God. Because the God who's God will answer by fire. Now I want to ask you, is this this Bible a fairy tale? Are we supposed to walk in that kind of power? Somebody say bold. That was bold. What boldness to say the rain is coming when it hadn't rained three and a half years. Elijah said in 1 Kings 18, 41, go and get something to eat. This was right after the contest on Mount Carmel. Go and get something to eat for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. There wasn't a cloud in the sky when he said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. There was not a cloud in the sky. Can you look at your situation when there's not any evidence and there's not a hope or a cloud in the sky and say, get ready, baby, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Everybody say it again. Bold. Bold. So the first thing of prevailing prayer is to be bold. Number two is Elijah was effective in prayer. Now, the only way you can be bold is to be effective in prayer. Because you don't want to be bold and you don't want to say something with your mouth that isn't what God's wanting to do. That isn't what God is saying to do for you, for your family, for your situation. So don't get a human boldness to where you just take a big breath and say, I'm going to be bold. But we're going to do this second point I'm going to show you. And this second point is where your boldness comes. Okay? Boldness comes because he waited on the Lord in the presence of God. Right after he said it's not going to rain, if you read in 17, it says that God took him to the brook Cherith, and he was fed by ravens for a certain amount of time. God took him away and put him in his presence. He was shut in with God in a secret place. He was, a play, he was at a place where the worldly distractions and the buzz of this world were all shut out. And he was shut in with God. And he was receiving not only physical provision, but he was receiving that spiritual impartation. Brothers and sisters, boldness comes when you're in the presence of the Lord and hearing what he has to say to you. Oh, I feel that word strong. Is hearing, thus saith the Lord for you today. So, it was the brook Cherith. Last week I preached about living or remaining or abiding in God's presence is what makes us effective in God. They don't have this scripture. Listen to this. Just listen. Jesus is the vine. We are the what? Those who remain in me and I in them... Brothers and sisters, I love that song we sang today, the new one. 
Amen. Who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. How do you produce fruit? How do you produce fruit? Remaining in him. How are you bold? Remaining in him. How are you effective in prayer? Remaining in him. How do you know what he's saying? Remaining in him. How do you know what to do? Remaining in him. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away as a useless prince. Look at verse 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything. This is what it says. You want. You may ask for anything you want. Now hold it up, pastor. I know what people do with that scripture. Not people that's in his presence. I know, that, I know that when people are in his presence, they are not going to ask for things to consume it upon their own lust and to push themselves forward, but they will be broken and submitted to the Lord, and the things that they ask will be what God wants asked. I believe that. I believe that. So you can be bold and ask for anything you want, and it'll be granted. You may produce much fruit, and that's when you are truly a follower. Again, I I think we need to be done with just being saved and saying, hey, God, come and follow me. No, it's time to deny yourself and take up the cross and follow him. Christianity is reversed. We're like... Jesus, come follow me as I go do what I want and help me when I'm hurting and help me in my problems. No! You follow him. You deny yourself and take up the cross. Let's don't get some Western culture and some Western church because that's what they say now. How do you be effective in prayer? Remaining in him. Elijah, look at this. Here's the scriptures, 1 Kings 17, story 1, 2 through 4. Then the Lord said to Elijah, look at 1 Kings 17, 8 and 9. Then the Lord said to Elijah, look at 1 Kings 18, 1 through 2. Later on in the third, third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, are y'all getting my drift here? When you get in the presence of the Lord... And you're on your knees before him. Then the Lord will say unto you. Then you are bold. Then you are effective. Then you can with great confidence say, your kingdom come. Not Brian's kingdom. Your will be done. Not my will, but yours be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Have we got any dead people here today that will die to yourself and begin to live to the vision of the Lord? For in that is when we become bold prophets of God. For in that is when we become a bold church and not a wimpy, powerless church that has a name that we're a church, but we lack power thereof. I want to be a glorious church without spot or wrinkle washed in the blood. I want to be a church that's just not in word, but it's in power and deed and in proof. He lived to know his voice. 
Is it really possible to live a life like this? Is it really possible? There's a church on Randall Road that I heard the CD where he was discouraging his people to hear the voice of the Lord. and saying that you can't do that. I, I was, if I could have got a hold of him, I would have. Huh? What are you telling people they can't hear? What you talking about? What was that old show? What you talking about, Willis? Oh, that just dated me, didn't it? These millennials don't have a clue what we're talking about when we say, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> All right. Come on, we're dated. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Is it really possible? Hey, read 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 through 12. I'm not going to read it today because you can read it. It says that an earthquake came, a fire came, and strong winds came. And it said the Lord wasn't in any of them, but the Lord came in a still small voice. Even this morning, even this morning, I said, Lord, can you help me explain what the still small voice is? Can I just not get up there and say, hey, you need to hear from God? And you're like, more, please. More, a little more. I, I just wrote this today. A descript, Brian's description of the Lord's voice. It's like you just know it. It's like you just know it. It's like in your whole being. It, 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 you just know it in your whole being, and you can't separate if it's a thought, a feeling, a voice, a sense, or an impression. You can't even say, well, it was a voice, or it was an impression, or it was a thought, or it was a feeling. God's voice, it's like all of them together, and you really can't put your finger on just how it came. It's like you know you have to do this or that. I just got to do this. There's like a compelling, I just got to say this. It's like a nudge. I just got to do this. It doesn't fade away. In fact, if it's really big, like, hey, go tell the king it's not going to rain for three years, I probably sat on that one for a couple days. <laughs> and, um, and say, it, but what happens if it's really God, it'll gain in momentum. Yes. Yes. Is it peaceful? Listen to this. The word is who? Who's the word? Jesus said, I'm the word. Okay, the word or the word of God is Jesus Jesus is a measuring stick and a divider on what is soul, what's reasoning, what's your will, what's your emotions. Jesus' life, Jesus is a measuring stick that what you're feeling, what you think, or your will, or what you're thinking, you can measure it up with Jesus. You've got a whole Bible to read. Plus, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. God's word is his will. And so you can measure it like that. And then I put it like this. When you are totally submitted and you are remaining in him, here's a big one for me. I just trust that I have the mind of Christ. When I'm... I remain in the Lord. I don't mean a haughty, but I try to remain. What's remain in the Lord? I mean, I try to think about him all the time. If I get 15 minutes where I'm, and you don't, don't look at me, carpenters, and don't look at me, warehouse guys, say, oh, I can't do that in my work. Bull. Everybody can do it. You can keep your mind cognitive of the Lord. And you, 
you can walk away for, it takes five seconds, just walk away and say, I'm refocusing on the Lord. When you get anxious, walk away. Just take a moment, take a pause, take a pause. This is practical. This is not impractical. It is practical. You can do this because we're all humans just like Elijah and he did it so we can do it. That's what the word says. Okay, so, um, so I just trust that my thoughts are his thoughts, that my will is his will, that my purpose is his purpose. To me, if I can get totally dead to my will, my purposes, then there's a great confidence that I have. I, I just trust. Every day, I pray this every day. If you don't write this down, I pray this every day. Lord, I trust that my will and my thoughts would be agreeable to your will and your thoughts. Therefore, I have great confidence to walk today. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So the first one is, maybe I should have put that other one first. Effective is being in his presence. You want to be effective, be in his presence. When you're in his presence, you're bold. Somebody say bold. bold. To do what he says. Now here's the next one. Elijah was fervent in prayer. He never gave up. He was so confident. Look at these stories. Story two, when the woman said, my son's dead. He said, give me your boy. I'm going to go upstairs, and I'll bring him back in a minute. Give me your dead son. I'll be back in a minute. How many of you had a dead situation that you need to carry to the Lord? Anybody got a dead situation that you need to carry to the Lord and say, I'll be back in a minute? All right, and then you get there. Then Elijah cried out unto the Lord, Oh my God, why have you brought tragedy on this? How many feel the fervency on this widow? She's opened up her home to me, she's given me her last flour and oil. We've been living weeks and months on this, and the flour and oil has never ran out. I give you that, Lord, but the boy's dead. Elijah stretched himself over the child three times. That is a typology of Jesus Christ stretching himself over us. And he was in the grave three days and three nights. And there is a resurrection. Oh, Lord. But here is my point. Can you imagine laying on a body, a dead body, and saying life come in this body? Come in this body. I'm going to do it again. Life come in this body. Y'all believe these stories or are they fairy tales? A lot of the church today says they're fairy tales. Are they real or are they fairy tales? They're real. 100% real. He laid three times. Some of us give up. Some of us give up. Some of us don't even get to the point of laying ourselves on the dead body because that takes some boldness. But Elijah knew God wanted this. Because he remained in his presence, made him bold, and he did what Jesus would do. Story three. So Elijah said things like this. People, choose who you're going to serve today. This is the contest on Carmel. God or Baal, not both. Make up your mind. You're either going to be worldly or you're going to be for God. That's what I say to this church. You're either going to be for God or you're going to be for the world. Choose it. Choose it. Choose it. That, that's that dialing in we're talking about. Choose it. The real God will answer with fire. And then they b- did it. And, and, and Elijah was so bold, he actually taunted them. 
I mean, you guys thought that um, Connor and May- McGregor and uh, Mayweather were, when they was in their face and taunting each other, that was nothing compared to what Elijah was doing. Elijah was like, ah, are your gods sleeping? Why don't you cut yourself a little bit more and yell a little louder? Maybe your God's on vacation. Uh, maybe he's busy. He even taunted him. And then Elijah said, bold, Elijah said, I'm building a trench. I'm going to fill it with water, which we don't have much water because we're in a three and a half year drought. And not only fill this trench with water, soak the wood. Soak the wood, soak the meat. I don't care. Drench it. Let it be floating if you want it to. How do you get that bold? Presence of God in his presence. This isn't for me. You are a human just like Elijah. The word says, at the usual time of offering, Elijah the prophet walked up the altar and prayed. He said, Lord, prove today whether I'm your servant. Prove that, that I've done this because I heard from you in his presence Made him bold. Oh, Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people know that, oh, Lord, you're the God, and you brought them back to yourself. Immediately, the fire flashed down. I'll tell you what. God will never leave you hanging. God's never left me hanging when I'm in him. When I'm, remember that scripture? If you abide in me, and my words abide in me, you shall ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When I'm in that kind of a zone, God has never left me hanging. He, Elijah never gave up, never gave up. He didn't go by what he saw. He prayed till it happened, bringing us to that last story. After Mount Carmel, it hadn't rained for three and a half years. So we've talked about dead situations that Christ can lay himself on you and resurrect you today and resurrect your situation. Jesus can do that. And we've talked about being dry. Oh, the Lord's telling me something. Well, everybody's like, oh, look at the TV evangelist. No, he really just told me something. The Lord is telling me that there are people in this room today that you have been away from the Lord and you are dry. There is no rain. There has been no rain in your life. There has been no joy. There's been no happiness. There's been turmoil. There's been torment. Uh, The Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. It just makes sense. If you're not walking with God, it's going to be hard, honey. It's going to be hard, buddy. It's going to be hard. But when you're walking with Jesus, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he makes a way where there is no way. If you are dry today, if you need to re... Here's what I'm hearing the Lord say is... At the end of this service, some of you need to come back to the Lord. Your way. Your way. But Elijah, Elijah, after Carmel, he went up. After that great victory, he went up. And I love this. 1 Kings 18, 42. He bowed low to the ground and prayed. I love every detail of the Bible. His face was stuck between his knees. That's the way I'd be if I just told a king, hey, go get ready, rain's coming. And there wasn't a cloud in the sky. I'd tuck my head between my knees and cry out to God too. Then he said to his servant, servant, go look out to the sea. 
because the rain always comes from that way. Go look out there. So the servant went out and came back, and he said, nothing. Ooh, God. Head, but servant, go look the second time. Traveled again. Came back. Nothing. Shut in with God in the secret place. Go look again. Fourth. Nothing. Oh, God, hear the cry of me today. Go look again. Nothing. Oh, God, you are faithful. You've got to do this. Go look. Nothing. Seven times. Seven times. The whole world looking. And the boy comes back and says, I see a cloud when I hold my hand up. My hand can cover it. That's it. And Elijah jumps for joy and says, Go tell Ahab to get in his chariot and get home because there is a sound of rain coming. How could he do that? Been in his presence. The other day I was sleeping on the bed. I love my wife so much. I was sleeping on my bed, my head on my pillow, and I was looking at her. Sometimes I just like to look at her. She's beautiful. I just like looking at her. And I was just looking at her. It's when the snores came, you're like, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) And the drool. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Man, I ruined the moment. No, truthfully, there was no drool and snores. But I was just looking at her, and she was waking up, so I was putting my finger up, and I noticed just with my little finger, I could cover her whole face, and I just was, I'm immature, I'm a fifth grader, I, I know. But I just kept putting my finger, just looking at my beautiful wife, just playing around, you know. That's all he had was just a hand. Guys, that's all we need when we're with God. Please don't give up. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.